You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hark the Sound, it's your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked on Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and I'm happy to have you rock with me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked on Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for y'all today. I'm going to give you a coach's corner kind of evaluation breakdown. We're going to talk about Saturday's Boston College game and what the coaches expect going into Virginia Tech on Saturday. Saturday. Let's also talk about some community good that we're seeing from our former Tar Heels. Harrison Barnes continues to give back in a big way. So let's discuss it. I'm ready to jump right into things. How about you? All right, let's do it. So hope you're having a great Tuesday. Hope the start of your week is much better than you thought it would. I just, it's a beautiful day. Fall is here. It's not hot. It's blazing outside and the humidity has taken a day off and we can all be grateful for it. So Tar Heels had some players of the game. UNC football announced offense, defense, and special teams players of the game. Michael Carter kicks us off on offense, which we all know he just had a day for a certain, bringing us back when times that we thought it was going to be a little troublesome for the Heels, but was able to pull it off. On defense, you had Trey Morrison, who obviously had the pick two save the day. We're not used to seeing that from the Tar Heels on especially tough games where they were able to pull it off, but certainly shout out to Trey for getting it done on that end. Finally, special teams saw Jonathan Kim get the player of the game award. I personally don't think that special teams deserved any awards because they struggled a tad and a bit. Coach Mac Brown was explaining in his press conference about how, um, how can I put this? There were different rules and setups in terms of kickoffs and punting and all that good stuff. And I understand that. However, when I think of special teams, I think of turnovers and I think of runbacks. And I just, I don't, I haven't seen that from the heels as much as I want to, right? So I'm still waiting for Razzle Dazzle Daz Newsome to, you know, run one back for me before it's all said and done. So let's talk about Mac Brown's Boston College overview. He mentioned that it was a hard-fought game, a hard-fought win that Carolina hasn't seen often. We know we're normally seeing Carolina go into tough matchups, maybe come down to 10 overtimes and then not being able to get it done. But we were finally over that hump. He mentioned that it was the first time since they've started 2-0 since 2008 and 2009, which is remarkable. And it's the first time ever, apparently, that we've beaten two ACC teams to start the season. As we all know, this year is quite different than what we've normally seen. And normally you start with some teams that you can kind of get some guaranteed wins off of. But Carolina is already into conference play and doing the darn thing. We haven't played Syracuse often nor Boston College. But hell, I will take those wins wherever I can get them. He said that he was overall pleased because they made tough plays to seal the win against a tough team, which is, again, what we haven't seen before. He also, you know, talked about Phil Yurkovich and the Boston College Eagles and how they were throwing way more than they expected on game day. But more importantly, he thought that there needed to be more forced turnovers on defense. So while we talk about the Phils and the Hunter Longs of the world and running and passing for days, we really wanted to see that turnover belt. And that just didn't pop out as much as we thought we would uh, get to experience on Saturday. So something to keep our eyes out for on Virginia Tech. Can we get some turnovers? Can we make some big plays that changes the energy of Saturday's game. Now on offense, he praised the running backs, Javante and Michael Carter, for having great games. He said they were 
that they're experiencing more patience in the passing game, holding the ball too long, limiting, which, you know, try they're trying to limit sacks as well. But it seems like the, the wide receivers may either be struggling to get open, slipping, missing their routes, whatever, what have you. But Sam Howell is holding the ball a lot more than we're used to seeing here in Carolina country. So let's just call it what it is. And hopefully we see the big plays happen. And I also will say, you know, people know what Sam's about now. You know, people have been, people now understand that Sam is about business and he means what he says when he throw in that long ball and he will deliver it to his man. So guys are playing tighter and they are not allowing for those big plays. They don't want to give up those big plays from Sam. So, hey, that that shows you respect, right? That shows that you are on moving on the right track and people are considering you a top-tier talent. Overall, though, when he gives a reflection, he's proud of the game. Still entirely too many penalties and self-inflicting wounds, but we will take the win wherever we can get it. So Coach Mac Brown is pleasantly pleased with how they did. But of course, he has his eyes set on Michigan. Michigan, Lord help me. Virginia Tech. I don't know where I just went right there. I think I was I was thinking about Great Lakes. I'm sorry, this is an aside because we're family here. We talk about things. I was in an aside. I was like, oh, Great Lakes and Michigan. I don't know why I had that on my brain today, but that's what it was. But Virginia Tech, Blacksburg, which is also beautiful, <laughs> beautiful mountains. And I, you know, I took a recruiting trip there and it's a great place to be but of course we want to bring those guys down here to chapel hill and get a win on saturday at 12 on abc and so abc might be our new place our new home our new good luck charm not sure but all i know is when they travel down to chapel hill i hope that they are quite prepared and their fans are prepared because they've gone to rockauto.com their chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Locked on Tar Heels podcast is available anywhere you listen to your podcast up to 30 minutes a day. You get to hear Carolina football talk, Carolina basketball talk, all things going on good in Carolina sports world. We discuss it here on Locked on Tar Heels podcast. Make sure you download and subscribe, leave five stars, all that good stuff and good jazz. Now, I know you all are prepared to go to Chapel Hill, whether you're a Rams Club member or you're a fan or a student or you're a parent. Everybody's getting ready to go and enjoy some football again in Chapel Hill. Now, Mac Brown echoed, the, echoed these sentiments, saying he was happy to have the families um, be a part of the experience again. He actually said most parents stood outside and waited for the Syracuse game. Let me tell you something. Roy Cooper, Bubba, all of them. If you're going to sit here and have my kid playing for free and bringing all these money contracts and Jordan brands and everything big because, you know, thanks to my son, and you think I'm not going to watch him play, yeah, that ain't that ain't how that's going to go down. I'm, not, I'm just trying to say that's, that's just not okay. <laughs> like, I get the fan aspect. I get the safety component, all of that. But if I'm willing to wear a mask and all that good stuff, allow me to see my kid play. 
you know, this especially if he's a senior, if you know he had, came off an injury last year. There's so many different factors where I'm like, you can't hide the people in suites. You know, what what can we do to allow people to play? So I'm glad that's not a you know concern or problem anymore because it's honestly ridiculous that they couldn't have families in the first place. But thank goodness we don't have to deal with that anymore. Also, 3,500 fans, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, will be allowed to come and see the games. Students will be allowed to participate in a lottery to potentially cheer on the Tar Heels on Saturday. He talked, Coach Brown was mentioning about Justin Fuentes and Virginia Tech and how he's really revived that team. There's, they should be a top 10 team. I saw that a hundred times on Twitter from my colleagues saying that they are underrated, underappreciated, despite being 2-0, and despite, you know, dropping on NC State, despite being depleted in their depth chart and still coming out with some big wins. And they also beat Duke last week in a close game, but won nonetheless. So last year's game, six overtimes. It was a little bit stressful for the Tar Heels. It was, like we mentioned, hard fought and we came up short. We didn't make the plays that we needed to. We still kept drives alive when they should have just been shut down. So it spoke a lot to the defense about where they were and, you know, comparing to the Boston College game, where it seems that they are now. You know, they seem to be gelling in a different light, and hopefully they can keep that momentum going into Saturday. Again, he talked about this being really the first game, and this second game will tell and be very telling of whether or not or how the Carolina Tar Heels will do this season. And I said again, you know, yesterday, I think that this is the game where you start to say man that like this okay you say you want to be a top 10 team you say that you want to you know be up there with on the national stage well I'm gonna need you to start winning games that matter and Virginia Tech to me is one that matters because we can't get over that hump of beating the Virginia Techs the Clemsons you know the Virginians at this moment I think that Carolina needs to just step up and be that coastal team that can be consistently dominant because we all know the coastal division is not <laughs> consistent for anybody involved. He talked about Virginia Tech's rush game over the past couple games over 300 yards. So we're going to have a, you know, track meet on Saturday, especially for our defense. He thought Boston College game was going to be physical, but again, Virginia Tech is going to be one that is just as tough, if not more. He spoke on Rashard Ashby, Gerard Hewitt, and other, other defensive players that he thought were just impressive looking at, let alone when they see he sees them on the field and they actually perform, he was just taken away by the defense. And so, Come Saturday, that's what we're going to need to prove is that we can stand toe-to-toe with the rest of them. We can do our due diligence on that one. Now, Coach Jay Bateman, the defensive coordinator, spoke about the defense overall. And, you know, speaking of standing toe-to-toe for defense, he talked about, you know, the run defense that he thought Syracuse um, was going to implement and how they didn't have it. had a light run defense. And then Boston College, he thought they were going to have an extreme run defense because of the tight ends that they had in their backfield. And yet they decided to utilize the passing game more, as we saw with Hunter Long having a day on that side of the field. But he said, you know, having good linebackers is so essential in college football. And he believes that we have that inside line, linebackers, especially. They're able to dissect the game. And obviously credit to Chasterat and those guys for being able to read that offense well and attack when needed. So he said the strength is in their run defense. And hopefully we'll see that on Saturday because Lord knows, again, we're going to need it. We're going to need a firing from all cylinders. Everybody doing their part. Tamon, Tyrone Hopper. 
Storm Doug hopefully will get back and we'll figure out whether or not he is going to be good to go for Saturday. But how do you replace him? Well, it all goes to who can you trust through practice, who has performed the best. And he, to me, Coach Bateman trusts all these guys on defense. He seems to love on all of them and give them their due respect. He <laughs> made a quick joke about Obi and how he was on third and 32 and got a pass interference call and a little stressful. So, you know, we're just going to pray that one away, give grace where we can give it. But you learn by doing. And so these young guys are going to have to learn by doing. And Saturday is going to be that test where it's like, hey, this is where this is where you got to sack up a bit. <laughs> this is where you have to show, put up or shut up. Came on Rucker, feeling like he needs to play more. A lot of the guys have been harping on how great he is and how, you know, he is going to be one to truly make some noise, especially right down to come. But I need him right now here on Saturday, okay? I need all my young boys to take note of all the older guys and just play well because, man, Virginia Tech will definitely be a test. Now, I switch over to offensive coordinator Phil Longo and his talk about his side of the ball, preparing for a team that, you know, Virginia Tech, you never know what you're going to get, right? And so in his preparation with his offense – he said that their quality control guy has made three depth charts from, you know, three different uh, groups of guys that could potentially play on Saturday for Virginia Tech because not one set has played fully throughout with all of their COVID-19 issues. So the game plan and scheme is going to be based on what they'll expect from their best players, right? So I agree. Why would you why would you prepare for anything less than? <laughs> that just seems very much black and white. I'm going to assume that the best man is going out on the field and I will make adjustments accordingly. But how how could I do anything but that? Because if I don't, I'm going to be sorely disappointed come game day when their best player, you know, gives two negative tests and he's ready to go and you've sat in here, you sat here and prepared for his, you know, second string all week and now you're going to be upset. I mean, nobody wants Johnny feeling hurt. So, let's just <laughs> ensure that we got everybody rolling and everybody on board for that now people he said that he always comes with a mindset of attacking and that we're going to make take what the defense is giving us and when we think about what coach Mac Brown mentioned when it came to having patience and making sure that we don't you know throw the long ball if we don't need to we're just showing shoveling passes off to our running backs if we don't need to how can we better prepare and so you know always having the mindset of if you're going to you know have our guys getting covered all day long in the receiving core we're going to ensure that we have guys like Michael Carter and Javante Williams getting fed all game long and it works and I think some you know reporters were asking about the distribution of reps and how Daz Newsom was one of the guys who wasn't getting as many reps as he normally receives and you know coach coach Longo was like at the end of the day it all pretty much evens itself out now do you take schemes that are geared more towards these players. Sure. You want to feed them because you know, they have the talent to get things done. And of course you want, you know, these guys to get on tape, what they're going to have to show, you know, down the line when they're trying to go to the next level. So you want to even it out. You want to make things for them. But as the game progresses, like we saw on Saturday, if Javante and Michael Carter are the only ones eating, we got to go with a hot hand. And I'm all for hot hands, especially against Virginia Tech. So if we're getting eaten up in the backfield, all right, Javante and Michael might need a break. We might need to pass it off to Diami. We might need to pass it off to Daz. We might need my man Bo Corrales on that good old Greg Olsen vibe getting me my, my third and long. So that's what – whatever happen, whatever works, you know, I think – 
I, again, challenge the fact that Sam Howell is great <laughs> when it comes to deep balls. He is great when it comes to, you know, running now, all of a sudden, he's a great man with legs. And they mentioned how he can definitely show his athleticism. So I just need Sam to continue build his confidence and feel like, A, he can release that ball. He doesn't have to hold it all day long because our receivers are nice and open for him and all that good stuff. But certainly, I would agree with Phil when he said people are trying to make Carolina earn it, which is cool. Because if you're going to sit here and say you're number eight team in the country, Hell yeah, they got to make you earn it. Absolutely, people are going to say, oh, you think you're hot stuff? I'm going to show you why you're not. And of course, it's a Carolina team that has proven the little bit of up and down inconsistencies. So we're going to have to step up in that regard and you're going to have to earn it. So I, that's just my thoughts on <laughs> Virginia Tech, but I will ensure that we see the other side of the ball or the other side of the field Virginia Tech, how they feel about us. Let's let's talk about that too. Cause I'm sure they are, you know, gearing up, had their backpacks full of built bars, and they're just eating their protein, they're shaped, all that to go. I think they're doing all of that because they know good and full well that we are playing no games <laughs> come Saturday at noon. Now, have y'all tried built bar? I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you haven't. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health-conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Y'all know I am trying to get into this bridesmaid's dress on Saturday, and so I have been eating like a keto diet you know, ninja. And so I'm pretty much guaranteeing that Built Bar is going to get me to zip up this dress come Saturday. Y'all got to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Harrison doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. He announced Friday that he and his wife, Brittany, are donating $200,000 total to eight different nonprofits that were created by victims to help fight against racial injustice and police brutality. I think nobody would have come to Orlando if speaking out about these injustices in our society wasn't the main focus. For me, I wanted to, you know, highlight, you know, the life of those victims and the families that have been left to not only pick up the pieces, but try to make change. Sacramento Kings and former Tar Heel Harrison Barnes, who provided meaningful support to youth, families, and frontline workers in Sacramento, Dallas, in his hometown of Ames, Iowa, was the recipient of the 2019-2020 end-of-season NBA Cares Community Assist Award. Now, Barnes and his wife, Brittany, have donated $200,000 to various charities, and they will donate $25,000 a game to eight different nonprofits that were created by victims to help the fight against racial injustice and police brutality. Trayvon Martin Foundation, Lathine John Foundation, the Atiana Project, Mothers Against Police Brutality, the Michael Brown Foundation, Tamir Rice Foundation, the Jordan Davis Foundation, and the African American Police Forum. So shout out to Harrison. Like, if I could give auto claps, I think I would just have them running for the rest of the show because, you know, it's one thing to say that you're about change. It's a whole entire thing to actually be about it. And 
for the fact that Harrison is not in the bubble, his team didn't even get to make it or travel to Orlando, but still trying to carry on and promote this conversation is what is so essential and inspiring because a lot of these guys who have, you know, different things and different names on their backs, but have never contributed a dollar to certain forums or have never spoken out against, you know, certain things and all the, you know, social injustices that are going on. I mean, that's, to me, it's performative, but to actually put pen to paper dollars to causes and make sure you're on the pavement doing your due diligence to ensure that you're educating not only yourself, but your community around you is essential, right? You can only get better, but the whole listening and learning means nothing if you're not going to actually listen, learn, and then act. I think that needs to be a second part of a lot of these corporations and what they're trying to do. I think it's special that Harrison and his wife are donating to these causes from people who specifically were directly impacted by police brutality and racial injustice. So it's always nice to see Carolina guys who are doing it the Carolina way, who are taking, you know, kudos and things that they've learned from guys like Roy Williams and guys like Dean Smith and making sure that it goes beyond just the basketball court and the football field and they're ensuring that the things that they are instilling in others go beyond skill sets that you can learn on a basketball court like those I hope Harrison's name will be in conversations well beyond you know basketball I think he is setting the tone for how a lot of guys in the NBA should respond to times like these. And so I'm hoping that people will see and recognize his, you know, great achievements. I'm glad the NBA is doing so for now, but I'm hoping that it goes beyond that and it continues to grow. So shout out to Harrison for that good, good bit, that priceless gem we love to highlight and celebrate. I appreciate him for that. So let's talk about what we're going to discuss on tomorrow's show and through the rest of the week. We got to look from the other side. We got to look at Virginia Tech's notes and what their coaches are saying about us. We got to give breaking news, any breaking news stories that Tar Heels come up with, what might be popping, you know, uh, the NBA games happening. Danny Green might go off. We don't know. We can look for the Lakers-Miami Heat game tonight. How did our pro heels do after reflecting on Monday's games? So we have some extra ones in there with the NFL. Let's talk about, as a whole, what would you grade your pro heels, more importantly? I just want to talk to you. So I need you to come back and, you know, download, subscribe and look forward, get a notification that another episode is dropped and we'll continue to grow and glow together. So make sure y'all are doing your part out there. You're staying safe. You had a great Tuesday so far and you have um, seriously a good day. I think there's nothing better than that than just sending out good vibes in such troubled times. So have a good one. I'll see you back here tomorrow. And as always, go here. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.